0: So I wanted to speak on what has been going on in Nigeria with um, the youth standing up against oppression, standing up against police brutality, and you know just to speak on some things that are happening with the recent um, uprising. I should say um, it's a very very proud moment for Nigeria that the youths, the energetics standing up to say okay enough is enough we don't we don't want this anymore we deserve better we have a right to life we have a right to live in we have a right to you know be expressive we have a right to be artful we have a right to want more because if you don't have life you cannot you know want more so um, I think um, I'm really proud of my country, I'm proud of my people, I'm proud of my friends, I'm proud of everybody who has put their feet down and who has gone to the protest. And um, if you got like socials and you're up on the internet and you're tweeting and tweeting NSARS you would have seen that um, there are some people here in Nigeria who are saying, you know, why don't we do something nice for the, for the police? Why don't we, uh, you know, paint the police stations why don't we go and give the police food why don't we um you know let's be nice to the police and um, these people seem to have forgotten that the police rape the police kill the police abuse and the police stand by when thugs um are hired by you know who Attack the protesters, the police stand by when thieves are in our houses, the police stand by when bad things are happening to us, they look the other way because the police don't see us as people to protect, they see us as people to hate and they see us as people to kill and we are nothing to them and there are several, several, several stories of how the police has looked the other way when he had come to protecting its citizens, when he had come to standing up for us, of which they have repeatedly failed to do. Now, is it the fault of the police that um, they, they, they they step away when they should help? Well, I, of course, we cannot um, say that all the fault belongs to the police, no. We we can still chuck some of it up to the government because police are underpaid. But that narrative is, shouldn't be a reason to kill and extort citizens because a lot of people in Nigeria are underpaid. Uh, teachers are underpaid. Lecturers are underpaid. The cleaners are underpaid. Lawyers are underpaid. Everybody's underpaid. Medical doctors are underpaid. Nobody is actually paid appropriately in Nigeria. I mean, if you are paid appropriately in Nigeria, then you are like one percent, and it's a social ladder that is very difficult to climb. And to even climb it in the first place, your parents need to have a certain level of name or legacy of some sort. So. You know, when when you bring up arguments to say things like the police are underpaid, it's unfair, because teachers are on the page, they don't kill your children when you send them to school, you know, so um, that argument is not reason enough for the extortion and for the brutality that the police has placed upon us. Can we blame the government? Of course we can blame the government, because we elected them into power, and we put them there, so they should be, you know, looking out for everybody, regardless of what job you do, teacher, lawyer, a cleaner, or whatever it is you are, an artist, you should be looked after by your government and because my podcast loud silence (laughs) is about mental health and you know the issues and effects and how to cope with it i did some research and i want to ask a question to whoever is listening and you know you can answer me in my emails or you can just something to think about in the long run do nigerians who think that the police should be supported or should be um, shown love in this time have Stockholm syndrome. Now. That's the question Do you think that they have Stockholm syndrome because I've been I've been thinking about it for a while because it, It's only Stockholm syndrome that makes sense, you know for people to want to peddle up to their oppressors. And so I want to talk about Stockholm syndrome and before I go Further into like stating examples of Stockholm syndrome. I want to talk a little bit about, you know, what psychologists Think Stockholm syndrome is and it is a response where a captive begins to identify Closely with his or our captors as well as their agenda and demands. So in simpler terms Stockholm Syndrome is when the the captive, I mean the person who was captivated, you know, starts to, you know, starts to Understand their captor, you know, starts to Humanize their captor and starts to feel like oh, okay What their demand is actually makes sense, you know, you you start to bring yourself to to be in line with their agenda You depend on them. You 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 depend your happiness on their own happiness and you you, you do this because you think hmm I mean he, he's making sense you know and i feel like personally that's what some of these people who are saying that who are spending money that was donated by protesters for protesters on the police it's it's Stockholm syndrome if you ask me it's just like saying oh you know these people too you know their agenda or whatever it is they're about makes sense now it's not a diagnosis, I just it's just something that occurred to me, and like I said earlier, I'm posing this question to you Do you think Nigerians who think that we have Stockholm syndrome? Now, I'll continue with, um, you know, Stockholm syndrome, and if we're going to talk about it, we might as well talk about when it first started. You know, how did we derive the name Stockholm syndrome? So, this happened in August 1973, uh, four employers were held hostage during a bank robbery. You know, they were held hostage for six days and there you have it. Uh, that's how uh, the Stockholm Syndrome came into um, life or should I say that's how the name was derived in the first place. And, you know, one of the employees, and uh, when she spoke to her government, kind of said that I trust my captive to take care of me. Um I only have a problem with dying when the police people come in here and... um Scientists believe that psychologists believe that she was suffering from Stockholm syndrome because the police in this instance now were not the um, oppressors; they were they were, they were they were the ones who were coming to rescue her. And for some reason, she trusted her captors. You know, she, she trusted the people that have put her in that position more than she had trusted somebody who was coming to get her. Now. Another example of this was in 1985 and that was the jacking of a plane called TWA flight 849. So this one lasted for more than two weeks actually but everybody for some reason on that plane began they were sympathetic towards the demands of the kidnappers you know and that was up until they were released so they believed in the cause of the kidnappers they were like hmm i deserve to be kidnapped for these people to get what they want i deserve to be here you know and like i said in the beginning of the definition of stockholm is when you you begin to see reason with their agenda you see reason with their demands you see reason with their way of reasoning and you say hmm, you rationalize it, and you say hmm, this is actually this right this makes sense you know even though it doesn't so I think the question now is why 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 do people actually have Stockholm like well what's the what's the idea behind it Well, the truth about Stockholm is that it's a survival instinct it's a survival instinct nothing more and nothing less now you want to survive and it's just that thing in your mind when you think that hmm if I can study this person if I can know what they want if I can know what they like and I begin to give them these things, then I'll, I might be in a little bit less of a damage, I might be in a little bit less of, of more problems, I might actually be safe. So this is you trying to be safe, or this is you trying to create a safe space for yourself. So Stockholm syndrome is a survival instinct. The heart of Stockholm syndrome is survival instincts. You want to survive, and you will do anything to survive. And Scientists believe, psychologists believe that it doesn't take years to develop a Stockholm syndrome. It actually can happen in a matter of days. You know, it can happen in a a matter of days, in a matter of days. And it's just so fascinating that you can come to love or sympathize with your captor in a matter of days. I mean, this is somebody who puts you in compulsory dependence and your brain, yourself, turns around in response to love them. And i feel like a lot of oppressed communities a lot of oppressed people have stockholm syndrome like they just feel like "Mm, you know this this person although might be terrible might be bad you know if i can just be nice to them if i can love them if they can see how much i love them maybe they will love me back and that is kind of the basis of the stockholm syndrome and what it does and what it is really about now, how does the Stockholm syndrome form? Okay, it's like this. Somebody gets kidnapped and kidnapped, the, the kidnapper wants to kill the person. And then decides later on, mm, I won't kill you. You know, I'll let you live. So, this is one of the ways in which Stockholm can actually develop. Because you, it's gratitude for life. Because so now you are, you are happy, now you are thankful that this person let you live. And... You forget that um, you, you forget that it's not up to them it was never up to them whether or not you were going to leave. They are the criminals and all you are is just grateful for life. You're just like wow okay so I can leave now okay you're going to let me leave and that's how it happens and then they become as people with Stockholm syndrome become hyper vigilant to the need of the captor. I'm gonna say that again they become hyper vigilant to the need of the captor so that means you are on the edge you are ready you are your tentacles are high they are searching you want to know what your captor needs you want to know what they want you want to know what to do to please them you want to please them by all means you really want to please them and you know you just really want them to like you that's that is stockholm syndrome and another symptom of it, another sign of it, is when you begin to link your happiness to the happiness of your captor, you know, when you, when they link the happiness of their self, their, their own happiness, to the happiness of the captor. So they believe that if my captor is happy, then I'm happy, you know. So it, it doesn't really make sense now how they try to tie things around just to make the captors happy so that, you know, if the captors are happy, then we're happy, then we are safe, you know and um in the 21st century psychologists had expanded their understanding of stockholm syndrome so of course definitely we cannot limit stockholm syndrome to only um kidnapping uh, takeovers robbery we have to include domestic violence we have to include child abuse we have to include members we have to include prisoners of war if you do your research and you really think about these things you realize that a lot of people in this category that i have mentioned are actually dealing with um stockholm syndrome especially especially um people who have gone through domestic violence you know you always hear in the beginning even when they have a chance to escape they say to themselves no i cannot i cannot I cannot report to the police, what is the police going to do with them? But I love him, but I love her, I can't, I can't do that. And you know, it is Stockholm Syndrome because they forget that this person has made it necessary. It's an enforced dependence. You know, they, they enforce their dependence on you and your brain will interpret it as, a, as an act of kindness. You know, even when you are forced to live in the most horrible conditions, horrible, you, mis- you mistake it as good treatment. That is what Stockholm does. So now let's go back to the issue of police brutality in Nigeria. And these people on Twitter or everywhere, wherever they are, who think that we should somehow cater to the need of our oppressors. We should somehow listen to the government. We should somehow, you know, be nice to the government so that maybe we'll be a little bit safer. Maybe they'll be a little bit kinder. I want, I really, really want us to think about it. Do we think they are suffering from Stockholm syndrome or just madness? You know, I want to know what you think. Um, this is what I, I feel like it is. And, um, I would say that we as Nigerians, we have suffered from decades of Stockholm syndrome in the sense that we think that When we cater to the government, when we cater to our oppressors, we are somehow making a safe space for ourselves. And I am proud, again, I have said in the beginning of this podcast, of the youth that are standing up to say enough is enough and are standing up against political brutality and are saying, I'm not going to cater to my oppressor, I'm going to stand against my oppressor. But at the same time, I don't really know if I can or if we can totally blame those who think that the police should be, you know, cared for, in the sense that, um, let's give them water while they're standing or, uh, you know, let's feed them, let's go to the police station and paint it, you know, let's make sure that their salaries increase, let's donate some money to them. Um, forgetting that although the government does not take care of the police as it does not take care of any other union, person, individual in Nigeria, The police are the ones who are brutal. The police are the ones who kill. The police are the ones who rob. And the police are the ones who rape. Forgetting all this, because the truth is that in Nigeria, we are all being wronged by the government. But you don't see every one of us, you know, running around the streets, killing people, raping people, extorting people. You know, everybody kind of has found a way to make it work. So they should too you know for a better nigeria for a safer nigeria i really just wanted to put this out there and um this is the end of today's conversation please reply my reply me let me know what you think you think it's stockholm syndrome or just madness Uh, i personally think it's stockholm syndrome and that's why i did this episode in the first place let me know what you think uh this is loud silence enjoy